1: And welcome to the Grand Tierra Energies Results Conference Call for the third quarter 2020. My name is Victor, and I will be your coordinator for today. <clears throat> at this time, our participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the initial remarks, we will conduct a question and answer session for security analysts and institutions. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If at any time during the call you require audio assistance, Please press star zero, and the coordinator will be happy to assist you. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being, is being webcast and recorded today, Tuesday, November third, two 2020, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today's discussion may include certain forward-looking information, as well as certain non-GAAP financial measures. Please refer to the earnings and operational update press release we issued yesterday for an important disclaimer with regards to the information and reconciliation of any non-GAAP measures discussed in today's call. Per barrel of Oil Equivalent or BOE, amounts are based on working interest fails before royalties. Finally, this earnings call is the property of Grand Tierra Energy, Inc. Any copying or rebroadcasting of this call is expressly forbidden without the written consent of Grand Tierra Energy. I will, now, I will now turn the conference call over to Gary Guidry, President and Chief Executive Officer of Grand Tierra. Mr. Guidry, please go ahead.
0: Thank you, Operator, and good morning to everyone. You'll, you'll find our quarterly results on our website at grantiera.com. With me today are Ryan Elson, our Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. Ryan will be giving an overview of the quarter and the path that we're on. Tony Berthelett, our Chief Operating Officer, will give a summary of the operating activities, and then we'll open the line to questions. Over to you, Ryan.
2: Good morning, everyone. On our last call, we outlined aggressive actions we undertook to protect our balance sheet and cash flows given the recent volatility faced by the oil and gas industry. We have achieved significant reductions in operating and G&A costs, and we're well positioned for 2021 and beyond. We also discussed how we have initiated the required activities to safely resume several operations throughout our Colombian portfolio in strict accordance with our COVID-19 protocols. Production is now beginning to ramp up and development and workover activities are underway. We are pleased with the progress that Grand Tierra has achieved with the safe restart of operations. The safety of our staff, contractors and local communities where we operate is paramount. We commend the teams for their excellent work during the many challenges of 2020 and their diligent management of COVID-19 safety protocols, which has allowed an earlier restart of development activities than we originally forecast. One of our key objectives is to finish 2020 strong in order to set up for a uh, for constructive 2021. We believe we are well positioned to withstand the current volatile environment and our, with our low base decline, conventional oil asset base and the operational control for capital allocation and timing, while maintaining a low-cost structure and ensuring the safety of our people. Now, I'll discuss some of the production and financial highlights. Our oil production in the third quarter was 18,944 barrels per day, down 6% from Q2. Current production is approximately 22,000 barrels per day. Through both direct refunds from the Colombian government and VAT on our oil sales, Grand has collected total VAT and income tax receivable of approximately $97 million during 2020. By the end of the third quarter, Grand Tierra had also paid down its credit facility balance at $200 million compared to $200 million at the end of Q2, and had $21 million of cash and cash equivalents. During Q3, GT's combined operating, workover, and transportation expenses of $12.63 per barrel were down 31% relative to the first quarter of 2020. G&A costs were down 8% on a per barrel basis over the same time frame. On an aggregate basis, these expenses decreased from 56 million in Q1 of this year to 27 million in Q3, a 53% reduction. The majority of these cost reductions represent structural improvements in operations which are expected to be maintained in a rising oil price environment. As a result of ongoing cost saving initiatives, we also expect future per well drilling and completion costs to be reduced by approximately 30% in Accord and Arrow and 20% in Costiaco compared to 2019. With the significant oil price volatility and logistical challenges due to COVID-19, grantee are elected to keep Q3 capital expenditures at a relatively low $7 million. Our Q3 net loss was $108 million, including a non-cash sealant test impairment of $105 million. These results are improvement relative to Q2's net loss of $371 million, which included non-cash ceiling test impairment of $398 million. These non-cash impairments result from significantly lower oil prices that occurred in the respective rolling, trailing 12-month period. Q3 adjusted EBITDA was $22 million, up from Q2's $18 million. Q3's funds flow from operations was $8 million, up from Q2's $6 million, were in excess of Q3's capital expenditures. During the quarter, we entered into additional oil price hedges to further down, downside protection against near-term low price environment by securing three-way Brent collars. A total of 11,000 barrels per day is hedged for the fourth quarter of 2020 and 9,000 barrels per day for the first half of 2021. In summary, we have taken aggressive actions to protect our balance sheet and cash flows given the recent volatility facing the industry. We have achieved significant reductions in operating GNA costs, and we are well-positioned for 2021. I'll now turn the call over to Tony, Chief Chief Operating Officer, to discuss our operational highlights. Thanks, Ryan, and good morning, everyone.
3: At Accordionero, the first workover rig restarted operations on September 1st and is currently on its fourth workover. This first workover rig is forecast to continue operations in the field through the end of 2020 and into the first quarter of 2021. A second workover rig is now started up at Accordion to accelerate workover activity. These workover rigs are expected to return production by 2020 year end on a total of eight to ten wells which went offline during the first half of 2020. The total combined productive capacity of the ten highest priority wells for workover is estimated to be approximately 3,500 barrels of oil per day. We also expect to restart development drilling at Accordion during the fourth quarter. We plan to drill one to two wells. Uh, new oil wells by 2020 year end. These new wells are expected to begin production during the first quarter of mm-hmm. 2021. The drilling rig is then forecast to continue drilling new development oil wells at Accordionero throughout 2021. The next 10 planned wells, eight oil producers and two water injectors, are scheduled to be drilled from the newly constructed southwest pad. Each of these new wells is expected to have an initial oil production rate of approximately 550 barrels of oil per day. Moving to the Putumayo, we are pleased that the Kohenbe field commenced production on August 28th after a previous shut-in due to local farmer blockades. Prior to the blockades in late February 2020, activities were underway to expand the Kohenbe water treatment, injection and processing facilities under a two-phased expansion program. The combined phased expansion would be expected to significantly boost gross water injection capacity to potentially increase ultimate oil recovery. Lastly, at Moqueta, Gran Tierra continued to optimize the water flood during the quarter, and oil production and water injection were in line with expectations. In summary, we are pleased that we have been able to safely resume operations in strict accordance with COVID-19 safety protocols that we have put in place. I'll now turn the call back to the operator, and we'll be happy to answer any questions. Operator, please go ahead.
1: Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, you will need to press star one on your telephone to withdraw your question. Just press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q and A roster. And our first question will come from Lionel Werner, writing from Peel Hunt. You may begin.
4: Morning, guys. Um, so you know, in spite of production having you know restarted and Brent back at forty, your, your equity is obviously remaining stubbornly low because of concerns around your debt position. So I don't have a specific question per se, but I'd be more interested to hear your plans on how you're going to meaningfully reduce your debt so that equity holders can can see some transfer of value to their part of the
2: capital structure. Yeah, I'll take a stab at that. I think when you look out to, you know, we start with Q4 here. You know, obviously the objective, as Tony mentioned, is to continue the workover program in a Cordonero, as well as Aqua and, and development drilling in a Cordonero. And so, you know, the company looks a lot different at 28 to 30,000 barrels a day than it does at 22,000 barrels a day from a free cash flow perspective. So, ultimately, you know, there's been nothing changed to the asset base as far as original oil in place, et cetera. This is really just a, a timing issue due to, a, you know, a very challenging 2020, 2020 with, a you know, a pandemic and a price war. So, I think the underlying asset quality is there. And in a rising oil price environment, we do expect to generate more free cash flow, which ultimately we use to reduce our debt.
4: Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next question will come from line of Leo Han from 8 Capital. You may begin. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my question.
5: Uh, it's not really related to the quarter. i uh, just wondering, seeing a lot of industry consolidation here in North America, whether it's in Permian or here in Canada with Novus Husky. Just wondering if you could uh, sort of comment on the outlook on the consolidation trend in Latin America, and how do you see grantier Terra play a role in this?
0: Thanks. Sure. Um, I, I think it, across the industry, you're starting to see consolidation. It, it's not just the Permian. It's not just Western Canada. Um, you, you've seen Occidental Petroleum sell over $700 million worth of assets uh, to a private equity. Firm back firm in in Colombia, and uh, we we fully fully expect the, the consolidation in the industry to continue. It's it's been a a tough year for the entire industry, but it, it don't let that mask um, the the overarching the overarching uh, climate change the the, the transition uh, transition of of energies. And and to do that, I I think the industry are are facing unprecedented uh, uh, obstacles. I guess obstacles is is the best word, or or headwinds for capital in the market. And so uh, the the consolidation in the Permian is is certainly welcome by the industry. It's it's, uh, hopefully going to end up in in a better managed portfolio and uh, different reasons for different consolidation globally. And we don't expect, we don't expect Latin America in general to be, be any different. It, it's a matter of, of sustainability long term.
5: Yeah, thanks, for the color. Uh, just, a, just a quick follow-up. I think last time when we talked about this, uh, the bid spread in the market from buyers and sellers are pretty high. Uh, do you still see that as the case?
2: today, or do you see that spread kind of start to narrow down now? I think the, the bid-ask spread is always, you know, it's tough to pin that down, especially when prices have been so volatile. But I think, you know, what you've seen is, you know, to, uh, to get around that challenge is companies essentially merging with, you know, zero premiums. And I think that's, I think we'd expect to see little to no premiums going forward.
1: Cool. Thanks. I appreciate the color. That's definitely. Thank you. Our next question comes to the line of David Brown from BMO Capital Markets. You may begin. Hi, guys. Um,
6: just one on, on the debt. I, th- I think you've got the next redetermination this month. So I was wondering if you can say anything about expectations there and, and whether because you were quite late in, in agreeing the last redetermination whether you've already suffered the, the borrowing base reduction given the, the prices we've, we've seen this year. And then there was also talk in the last set of results of, of pre, possibly prepayment facilities. Um, is there any update around around those, please? Yeah, thanks, David. On the borrowing base, um, you
2: know, Part of, you know, the objective is to have the borrowing base done by the end of November. So we've just started that process. You know, it's, it's a good reminder how everything is relative. If you look at last time when we started the re, the uh, redetermination process, you know, Brent was, you know, $18 in, in April. So prices are more constructive, but it's a challenging time for not just the sector, but for the, the banks as well with their exposure to energy. So you know, as we have more information on that, we'll certainly release it. Um, we're always looking at other sources of liquidity. You mentioned prepays, that's one source. Um, there's also potential of you know, farm outs, asset sales, et cetera. Right now we're looking at all sources of liquidity to strengthen the, the balance sheet for the benefit of all stakeholders.
6: Okay, that's great. And can I just maybe just ask one? An accordion arrow. And apologies if I've missed it, but are you able to just say how you expect to see production ramp up there over over at least the next couple of months?
3: Yeah, you bet. It's Tony here. Um, so, as as we mentioned in our press release, we're targeting uh, eight to ten high product productivity wells that basically during this first and second quarter, late first quarter, and through the second quarter. As those wells went down, we chose not to repair those. So really, it's about continuing base water flood optimization and then layering in that shut-in production. Um, and as I mentioned, we're in our fourth workover, and we'll look to continue that activity through the remainder of the quarter to build that production gap.
6: Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next question will come from the line of Al Stanton from RBC. You may begin.
4: Yes, Uh, good evening guys. Uh, I just want to go back to some of the the guidance you gave earlier in the year for second half spending. It was things like capex of 25 to 35 million. I suppose based on what you spent in Q3, those numbers are now sort of 18 to 28. I was wondering if that is is still reasonable guidance. And then also with respect to money coming in, there was commentary about uh, tax rebates. I was wondering if they were flowing in Q4 as you previously anticipated. And then tying that all together, I appreciate you, you, you've you had your covenants relaxed, but there is the, the one outstanding one, which I think is uh, EBIT data interest, which has to be at two times. I was wondering if, if, if that has any concern for you in, in the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that. Uh, with respect to, to the guidance, uh, there, there's no changes to our, our previous issue guidance. Um, with respect to the, um, that was respect to capital, with respect to uh, the EBITDA, um, you know, if you look at our, our financial statement, I think we have fairly robust disclosure in there. Based on our current forecast, we expect to be in, in compliance, but, you know, as you know, with, you know, the, the challenges in the market right now, uh, things are volatile. So, I would encourage you to to take a look at... Uh, our financial statements and the uh, disclosure in there. And then the last question, so what was the last question, Al?
7: Tax, the tax oh, rebate. Yeah, the more yeah, taxes, come.
2: yeah that, that's actually been, uh, thankfully, has been coming in as we anticipated. And, you know, right now, most of the, the lumpy amounts that have come in during this quarter and going forward on all of our sales we do have VAT charge on our sales. So that really is, we get that month, monthly from our customers.
4: And if I may, can I just ask one last question? I, I've seen the the costs coming down on transportation and, and that's not reflected in a, in a lower realization. So I was wondering how the dynamics of the local oil market are, whether you're happy with, with
2: wellhead prices, I suppose, effectively. We, we are, we actually improved our net back at um, both a uh, and in Soriente during the quarter. Um, in a cordonero it started in, in July, and in Soriente, started in September. So we're quite happy with the current arrangements that we have, and also have been very pleased with the current differentials. Both, you know, as you know, with, with the shortage of, of heavies worldwide, differentials have, have continued to tighten. They were fairly tight in the quarter, and, and they've even tightened more in the last week or so.
4: Thanks,
1: guys. Thanks. Thank you. Our next question will come from the line of Joseph uh, Schachter from Schachter Energy. You may begin.
7: Good morning, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Gary, two questions. Um, Right now, what is the situation with uh, COVID in Colombia, and are they facing the same kind of um issues where we're getting like in Europe where there's more caseloads and they're going into quarantine again, and if such a thing was was happening, what would that do to impact your 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 activity plans in q four uh, and going forward um if there was uh, an acceleration of the case load and uh, more of a quarantine situation okay thanks thanks joseph uh, no. Colombia is
0: not seeing the, the the significant spike that is, is occurring in, in Europe. Um, I, I think they, they, the the country has done a, a good job of the way they they've managed um, managed COVID in the country. We operated throughout. Um, uh, Tony and the team have have made crew changes from the very beginning by putting protocols in place, and so our our view is we are gradually bringing our staff in Bogota uh, back into the office. Uh, but throughout, the, throughout all of uh, the, the COVID outbreak, we continue to operate uh, our, our fields that, that are economic. And so we're, we're very comfortable with our, our team's protocols that are, that are in place to, uh, to move people and, and logistically around the country to, to ship oil uh, throughout the country and um we we monitor it closely but the the answer to your first question is no not seeing the same thing that's happening in Europe and the, and the second is we don't anticipate any impact with with what we have in place
7: okay super The next area I wanted to cover um, is if we have, as uh, the questions were about the debt, if we see uh, Brent at 45, 50, the extra capital would not go into more activity. It would go to pay down debt. And then on the other side of the coin, if we saw uh, Brent go to 35 or 30 uh, because of all the issues of uh, maybe more COVID and less demand, would you uh, re- restrain your spending and would you cut back? And what price point would you, should we be watching for, for the activity level to um, be pulled back?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think the answer to that, um, Joseph, is back in August, September, as, as things started stabilizing, we, we had hedges in place, we put more hedges in place before we started reactivating fields. And the anticipation was through the middle of next year. Uh, we're, we're, we're comfortable that we have hedges in place to to reactivate fields and and start ramping production. And naturally, we we like the rest of the industry watch it. Our our um, pressure point is 25 to 30 dollars a barrel, uh, where we have to reverse that. And we. We watch that closely because it costs us money uh, to shut in fields. And uh, the, the the first part of your question is that that's at, at what is our pressure point on the downside? And We're, we're comfortable uh, even with today's volatility that we have, we have the financial instruments in place. The, the second, uh, the, the first part of your question is at 45 to 50, um, the beauty of, of our portfolio is, is we, we effectively operate everything. And so we have the ability uh, to, to allocate capital. Um, and, and you're exactly right. At, at 45 to $50 a barrel, we, we will manage our development and, and our operation going forward into next year as well. And that's that's really what Tony and the team watch.
7: Okay. Super. Thanks very much. That does it for me. Thank you.
1: Our next question will come from Ryan. Of uh, uh, Miguel Ospina from Compass. You may begin.
4: Yeah, hello guys. Uh, I have three questions. The first one is if you can give us some color on OPEX going forward. You have been spending between 20 to $25 million per quarter. So my question is, uh, here is what is a more sustainable level going forward? Uh, the second question is uh, if you have any exits. Production target with all the development plans that you have and the third question is is if you can confirm that your expected capex for the fourth quarter will be between 25 to 30 million dollars is that right thank you
3: i'll uh, i'll take the uh, stone here i'll take the opex question um uh, start off with that uh so yeah, as we as we come into the fourth quarter, uh, clearly we're going to continue with some of the Field reactivations. Um, so, looking at a lifting cost uh, forecast coming into the quarter, I would expect us to be in that 20 million range uh, to 22, somewhere in that um, range. On the workover cost, obviously we're going to continue to uh, accelerate the workover activity on those suspended wells. So, some of that cost will increase as we continue that workover. And that's a split between capital and OPEX for, for that activity. So in the fourth quarter, yes, we will see some incremental costs, but there will be barrels coming with that. So on a per BOE basis, um, we look to stay relatively flat. So uh, that's guidance on OPEX. And then in terms of eg- exit targets, um, you know, much will depend on how, how things go with COVID, uh, managing COVID and, and continuing that activity. Uh, but... Uh, uh, so, you know, on, on that, we'll provide more formal guidance um, um, coming up. But, but yeah, we are at 22,000 barrels now, and we look to continue to add production both through minor fields and uh, and some of the workover activities.
2: And then uh, on that, as Tony mentioned, you know, we, we do have a fairly significant amount of fixed costs. Well, 70 or 70% of our costs are fixed. So as we ramp up production, we would expect to get the benefit into – into the end of this year and into next year. And our, and our capital guidance um, was 25 to, to 35 million.
6: Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you. Our next question on the line of Ivan Fernandez from PicTet, you may begin.
0: Hi right, guys. Thanks for the call. Uh, a couple of questions. On VAT refunds, could you tell us exactly what was the total collected during only the third quarter? I guess the language is a little bit, I guess it could have included uh, October and early November in the, in the language you put in the press release.
2: Yeah, we only included in here this for the year to date, and that year to date was as of September 30th. Okay. All right. So what was the total for the third quarter? that is a good question.
0: Just because I was yeah, reading the I, language I, on the second quarter, uh, and it doesn't quite make it easy
6: to to calculate the total up to that point.
0: You wanna come back to
2: that one, Ron? Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that one.
0: Sure, okay, sure. The second question is on the recalculation of the landing base for the revolver. Sorry, I joined the call a little late, so I'm not sure you already commented on this, but uh, could you tell us how those conversations are going? I think the next calculation is now in November, correct?
2: Yeah, and we, we, just, uh, we just kicked off the process, so as we have more news, we'll, uh, we'll update, it, uh, update the market.
6: Okay, so you can't give us any, any, any feeling to, to how, how the reaction has been so far? Or what yeah, conversations literally you might have the had.
2: Process, uh, Literally, the, the process has just started. But I think you, you put in context of, of the last redetermination, prices are up quite a bit higher, our, our costs are down, and we're we're comfortable with our reserve base. As
0: are the
6: syndicate. Okay.
2: Great. So, so again,
6: uh, I don't want
0: to hold up the call. So, if you guys would like maybe to email me the answer for the VAT for the third quarter,
2: that, that'll be fine. Yeah, no, actually, the, the amount collected just during the third quarter was uh, $50 million, and that's a combination of revenue as well as direct refunds. Okay, and do you have any kind of expectations for the fourth quarter of big, um, the, 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 Yeah, for Q4, most of it, uh, I mentioned earlier, most of it's coming through the revenue side of things, and depending on pricing, we would expect between $10 and $15 million and 15000000 dollars Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you.
1: As a reminder, at star one for questions. Our next question will come from the line of Akbar Khazar from Eaton Vance. You may begin.
5: Hi, guys. Um, thanks for the time. Uh, just a few questions for me. The first one is, uh, I was just looking through the cash flow statement. Uh, working capital, especially the accounts payable line item, has been quite a large drag. Uh, for the year-to-date period, uh, specifically, there's a line item on under cash flow from investing activities. I think for 69 million for the year-to-date period. Um, can you can you explain what that
0: is?
2: Yeah, that really is. A, I think if you look at Q4 of last year, um, you know there was a very heavy spend, and in Q1 of this year was fairly heavy spend relative to our funds flow. Um, You know, we were expecting to have more of a a balanced quarter, but then prices fell out at the end of February. Um, So really that's just the unwinding of the payables. So now we've gotten all of our our vendors current.
5: So these are payables related to CapEx spend that was done
2: last year? Yeah, exactly. Uh, CapEx and OpEx, but the majority would be CapEx. Okay, so there's 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 not a concern here of your suppliers
5: Wanting to collect faster because it's concern on the company.
2: No, no, no. It was just us getting all those those payables uh, current. And you know, there, there was a little more. You know, the entire industry, including our suppliers, felt a lot of stress in you know the dark days of April, May, and June. Um, so I think there everyone was feeling some stress during that period. Now you know our suppliers are in good shape, and we, we have everyone caught up. Okay. Uh, the next question I had was you had
5: mentioned earlier that, you know, you have certain levers for liquidity, you know, farm outs and asset sales being a couple of them. And I guess you just mentioned them, but can you give maybe just some uh, numbers around or just some details on what the options are? Um, you know, how fast could you execute on those plans? And on the farm out point, I mean, obviously, you've cut the capital plan quite a bit, um, does it make sense to maybe farm out just so that someone can someone else can carry the capex, and you're not maybe harming some of the assets
2: by underinvesting in them? Yeah, no, that's a good question. As far as timing, um, like I said, it, it, the the market is quite volatile, but we're continuing to, to to look at those options. And one of them it could be you know either a sale of some reserves or uh, a, a farm out or farm into some of our exploration lands um I think we would look at both of those options i think from from our core assets uh from a development standpoint, I think we're very comfortable that we're you know maintaining proper reservoir management on the cordrio Casco Maqueda and soriente so to the extent that we could accelerate some of the exploration with someone else's money we would absolutely it's something that we would do
5: but what would i mean what would be the trigger for that decision? I mean you know things are pretty tough right now, so why not do it now?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, we are we are looking at that process, Um, and and uh, as we have uh, any updates on that, we'll we'll certainly let the market know. Okay, Uh, and just a couple
5: more questions: Is there a way for you to hedge the Vasconia discount so that if that widens out in another sell-off, that you can kind of protect yourself?
2: Yeah, one of the challenges, you know, we do all of our hedges with our, our syndicate. And right now, our, our syndicate doesn't have the uh, capacity to hedge Vasconia, but it is something that we'll continue to look at. Okay, And then the
5: last question, I, I also joined a few minutes late. I'm not sure if you touched on this, but you know pro forma for all these workover programs, what is your production going to be?
3: Yeah, it's Tony here. So we've talked about adding roughly three thousand five hundred barrels of production, um, some of which we've already added. Uh, to get to that 22,000 barrel production rate today, so uh, uh, so that that's kind of the target that we're looking at with the eight to ten highest producer wells that are currently shut in. And, and that doesn't factor okay, in
2: any of the, the new
5: drilling or anything. That's correct. So how do I how do I reconcile that 22,000 with the 30 plus mm-hmm. that you were doing a year ago?
0: Well, I think the big part is, is we, we stopped drilling. We stopped our development drilling and, and the Cordonero and, and some other things we we're planning. And so that's that's really just deferred production that will catch up once, once uh, we start drilling. Tony and the team are working on that now, um, and we expect to resume production before the
2: end of the year. And and we do have other production behind pipe that we will work over in Q4, Q1 of next year, um, as well as some other fuels we'll bring on in a more constructive environment. Constructive environment being what?
3: Better price. Better price, yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you. And all right, gentlemen, there are no further questions at this time. Please continue.
0: Okay. Thank, thank you, Operator, and thanks, everyone, for, for participating in today's conference call. It's It's been a, a very unusual year. We thank you for your patience and your support, and we look forward to talking to you after the next quarter. Thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.